10-5. He's into the end zone. Touchdown, Arkansas State. Deflected into the hands of Feltz. Avery for three. Hits. Cover is safe. The Red Wolves have walked it off. Welcome to the Second to None Podcast, the A-State Podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Now, here's a couple of guys who know the Red Wolves like no one else. Matt Stoltz and Brad Boba. And we welcome you into the Second to None Podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Mid-December things starting to wind down as far as the non-conference basketball schedule is concerned conference play just a couple of weeks away and as far as other sports right now I guess everybody's eyes are on football and football recruiting we'll get into that stuff a little bit later on but we'll start with the basketball teams in this past week the men were in action on the road a couple of times in fact you know, they played six of their first eight games at home this year, so good for them to actually get on the road a little bit. And they started last Tuesday at Central Arkansas, a game in which the Red Wolves led most of the way. In fact, they were up 11 in the second half, mm-hmm. but just not able to hold on. UCA comes back and wins it 72-67. And the glaring stat when you looked at them after the game was – the free throw shooting. Red Wolves go 5 of 14 at the line. UCA 17 of 19, and that's the main thing that did it. Well, yeah, get outscored by 12 at the line and lose by 5, but you go 10 for 14, you're playing in overtime. I'm struggling with whether to say this once or go game by game about every basketball game every basketball team played this week. But I've seen both teams, and it happened here again, where they could just be humming along and playing at a high level and things are going just fine and all of a sudden they just quit hitting shots they've played well enough defensively you saw it you know same thing at lsu right i mean they you're on the road against an sec team and you go like seven minutes down the stretch without a bucket and you're still in the game that shouldn't happen and the same thing here they're they're cruising along playing well they've led it kind of from pillar to post and then stop hitting shots and then in turn, when they didn't miss a shot and got fouled, they went to the free throw line and missed that too. And at the end of the day, you gotta you gotta put it in the basket. Yeah, free throw shooting was one thing, but three point shooting hurt the Red Wolves in that one as well. Couldn't hit from outside. In fact, the thing that the Red Wolves did the best in that game was when they were on the attack. I think twenty three of the twenty nine made field goals were either layups or dunks. And Caleb Fields was as good as anybody when it comes to that mm-hmm. he had 16.7 assists i think he was 8 of 11 from the field and i would bet that all eight of those shots or at least seven of the eight were layups in that game they had yeah i think in the first half when they led at halftime i think only six of their points didn't come in the paint in the first half Omar El Sheik also with a, a double double. He had 13 points and 10 rebounds, but a disappointing loss on Tuesday. And then they were on the road once again Friday, went out to Colorado Springs to take on Air Force. And first off, had I, I told you this on the phone Sunday, had never really even given Colorado Springs much of a thought, but this was my first trip. Probably one of my favorite cities now. It is absolutely picturesque, about 45 minutes south of Denver, and loved it. You got the Air Force Academy there, gorgeous downtown, Pikes Peak right there on the edge of downtown. I had a chance to go and look at the Olympic Training Center, but a wonderful place to visit if you've never gone. As for the game, A State started 
on an 8 nothing run. Couldn't ask for a better first few minutes of this one. I think the first three minutes, A-State's up 8 to nothing. Four layups on the first four possessions of the game. Air Force called a timeout. They come right back. They tie it up with an 8 nothing run of their own. And then later in the first half, I think Air Force goes on a 12 nothing run, and they just never cooled off. Air Force shot 56% for the game, including 48% from three. They were 11 of 24 from three-point range. All that added up to an 80-55 to 55 loss. We aren't basketball coaches, you and I, but we've watched our fair share, and my guess is it would come as no surprise to Coach Bilotto to think that as the tape is out, folks are watching his team on, on scouting and getting ready. If a team plays zone, probably going to start playing against the Red Wolves because if you chase them off the three-point line, you're giving up points because they're getting to the rim. They've shown this over and over. It's what we're talking about, man. They can get to the rim. So all of a sudden, you know, when that happens for a while and people stop letting it happen, this team's going to have to hit enough shots to make somebody pay for it. And what it needs, and, and this is going to happen, but what this team needs – is for Avery Feltz and Malcolm Frankton to hit shots on the same night. And it's coming. I mean, right, they're both too good of shooters for it not to. But it needs that to happen to kind of help keep some teams more honest defensively. You can throw Marquise Davis into that yep. category as well. Need him to hit his shots. The Red Wolves as a team only shot 40% the other night. Now, I guess the biggest bright spot was they had 16 offensive rebounds in that game but they turned it over 16 times and Denver only turned it over five times and that's <laughs> not a winning formula you, you showed your age there you just called him Denver you know what I had that in my head all <laughs> night the other night because the opposing coach Joe Scott was at Denver forever. I think it was on the tip of my tongue at least five or six times the other night. I was tempted, and heck, I may have called them Denver and not realized it, but it was on the tip of my tongue calling them Denver because they play, of course, the same way that Joe Scott always has you played. You flew to Denver to get there. I That's mean, right. I, look, I get it. He's uh, he's the former head coach at, at Denver for nine years. He was a head coach at Princeton for three or four years so and now he's in his second stint as the head coach at Air Force but uh, they play that very deliberate style definitely worked the other night as you would expect ran a ton of back doors and they worked we didn't defend them very well so Air Force wins Avery Feltz uh, had a good performance in the loss 14 points two assists did not turn the basketball over but the Red Wolves now five and five on the year and they've still got three non-conference games remaining before league play begins on the 29th as for the A-State women they also were on the road a couple of times this past week last Thursday they went to Florence to take on North Alabama and they lost that game 82 to 68 a game in which they out-rebounded North Alabama by eight. I think they had four less turnovers, but I think the three-point shooting really kind of stood out in this one. North Alabama was 14 of 31 from three, and the Red Wolves went just two of 13. That's tough to overcome on the road. Yeah, and I, and I think North Alabama especially went kind of crazy in the fourth quarter for sure from three. Outscored Arkansas State by 20 in the second half. And Red Wolves led by seven and you know, with chances to take a double-digit lead. A handful of occasions pretty deep in the third quarter. Same thing. Quit hitting shots. Fast forward to Sunday. I know we're going to talk about Arkansas. Quit yeah. hitting shots. It, it, obviously, 
that's <laughs> something uh, that's got to drive the coaches crazy because you can play 33 pretty good minutes, but if you don't hit a shot in the other seven, you may not end up with a lot to show for it. Thursday was the debut for Leilani Ogman, who, by the way, for those who don't know, is the cousin of UNLV great plastic man, Stacy Ogman. She had 14 points and eight rebounds in that game Thursday. Look, I mean, we're finally getting around to the point now where this women's team is close to full strength. Getting there, and I still think they got a, another, maybe one more piece they think they can add before conference play. But, yeah, that was the biggest thing in some of their losses early is that they just didn't have enough bodies. You know, I think at Louisiana Tech, they were just trying to get to the finish line. I think at UT Martin, big run late, playing seven people. Oklahoma, you know, in a game that was pretty close, ran away from them in the fourth quarter because they were playing seven people. So to look at, at both games this week and see that they played, well, they played nine people each game, even though one of them was just pretty sparingly. But it's a big difference to be able to go play eight or nine and maybe even you know get to add a tenth here coming up as opposed to having to go the entire game knowing you're just going to play seven. You referenced the game Sunday, and I'll say after the game Thursday night, I know Destiny Rogers took to social media and she said that loss was unacceptable Thursday. Her team would get better, and look, they came back with a great effort on Sunday against the 21st-ranked team in the nation. They traveled to Fayetteville, never gone before, and yeah, played them for the second straight year. You know, you mentioned on the podcast last week, the last two meetings were both in Jonesboro, so the Red Wolves, yeah, finally yeah, well, pay them a trip I, to yeah, Fayetteville. Really, historically, don't really like to go on the road in this series, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird to watch them over bone. there. So this was a game, though, and you know Arkansas undefeated going into that game, but you know the Red Wolves did a lot of things well. In fact, this was a six-point game with under six minutes remaining. But you and I were talking about it off the air. You hit back-to-back threes with what about six? Seven. Seven oh seven. Those were the last field goals that they made on the day. Still, they took it down to the wire, and primarily you have to credit the Red Wolves defense because they held Arkansas to just 38% shooting and the uh, Razorback shot a season low 21% from three. Nothing's happened that's going to get me to change my assessment of this women's team. I like them. I think they're going to be perfectly fine in some conference play. Look forward to kind of watch them evolve. But they too, they, they've fallen victim, we said, to kind of going through stretches and not hitting shots. I think Coach Rogers has been concerned, maybe even before the season started, about their ability to stop a run mm-hmm. and not just kind of let one get away from you. And two, I wonder too if, if they sometimes maybe are falling victim when you've got a player like Izzy Higginbottom, who, you know, is both a scorer but also really a point guard. I wonder too if everyone saw them. They either some combination of making sure she's not pressing too much in certain spots, or everybody else sitting standing around watching her. You don't need either one of those things happening. I, I like this team, and I would really encourage Arkansas State fans. You know, if you haven't seen them yet, to check them out. I, I think they've got a lot of upside. They will play one more non-conference home game coming up Thursday night. We'll talk about that matchup a little bit later on but there were actually some other a-state teams that were in action last week we'll recap their performances when we come back here on the second to none podcast presented by simmons bank when we play today we win something bigger than ribbons or trophies we win our tomorrows wherever we play wherever we fight wherever we overcome odds we're winning 
our way. Simmons Bank is committed to supporting women athletes in the communities we serve and are proud to be an official sponsor of A-State Women's Athletics. Not just for a season, but for a winning future. Seasons are short, but fierce is forever. Simmons Bank, member FDIC. The A-State track and field teams began their indoor season going to Pittsburgh, Kansas. You talked about it last week. Pittsburgh, Kansas is kind of a big hub for indoor track and field. They've got a big facility there at Pittsburgh State, and that's where the Red Wolves men and women were. This past weekend, they went to the Boo Rogers Combined Events and Crimson and Gold Invitational. Biggest performances, and there were a lot of really good finishes for the Red Wolves in this one, but uh, some of the standouts, Colby Adoze shattering the school record in the heptathlon. He's a Canberra Australian native, and he broke the previous record in the heptathlon at A-State by 280 points. Also, That's a lot. Yeah, that uh, yeah, is that's shattering. A, that is shattering the record. Cheyenne Melvin, the winner of the 600-yard run. Evangeline Harris winning the shot put. Pauline Meyer not only winning the 3,000 meters, but she also broke the meet record in that event. So a good start for the track teams. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, I don't think anybody's <laughs> shocked by that. <laughs> Elsewhere uh, this past week, football news. I want to congratulate Bay State place kicker Dominic Zavada, freshman All-American, according to to college football news and and 24 7 by the way too they put out a freshman all-american team and yeah dominic was the kicker on it as well i think most people with a freshman all-american team is going to have this kid as their kicker i would think so especially after what he did 17 of 18 on his field goal tries this year and along of 56 one of two first team all sunbelt selections for ray state football this year the bad news is the other all Sunbelt selection entered the transfer portal. That news came out over the weekend that Sadu Triore was leaving. And this is news that I think we hate to see. We were crossing our fingers. We wouldn't see it. But this is kind of the age in which we're living right now where I don't think anybody's surprised that Sadu's leaving. He was fourth in the nation among tight ends and receiving yards this past year and a big time talent that's going to be playing on a power five team very soon. You and I have, and a lot of other people too have had conversations about oddly enough about these two guys, right? I mean it's like try to get through this and hopefully keep Zavada and, and Sadu. We can go as deep down this rabbit hole as you want to get. We can spend the next hour talking mm-hmm. about, you know, where things are. And whether it's good or bad, and it's uh, let's just say this: whether it, we don't even have to talk about whether it's good or bad. The bottom line is different. I don't know when that's changing, which puts Coach Jones in a really. We've we've talked a lot about this. He, he's in such a sort of unique and not necessarily in a good way position because he's trying to build a program and he's trying to build a program the way championship programs have always been built from the ground up stacking together good young classes he's doing it the way you're supposed to do it without knowing for sure whether the system will allow you to still do it that way can you stack together good classes and keep them together long enough to get them on the field and and see the rewards he don't know the answer to that question either 
He's trying like heck for the answer to be yes, and they're doing a good job. But it was just like, we're at a point here where, same for basketball, same for pick your sport. It's like, I mean, for as exciting as it is to see young players play well, you kind of cringe when they do. That's the sad part of it because I remember, you know, whether it's you and me or me talking to Philip Butterfield, every week or two this conversation would come up. Man, Sadu's playing great. What a talent he is. I hope we can hold on to him. Yep. That's always where the conversation goes. And I mean, you go back I, to Ohio State. Again, we scored 12 points on four field goals, including, what, a 46-yarder, and there's 100,000 people out there, and I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, and they look, and, and Lord well and Dominic Zavada, I mean, so far all the indications and the stuff he said on social media is – Knock you know, on wood. About how much he you know, loves it and he's here. But just like, again, it's like you can't even be completely happy when a young player for your team plays well. And you know how social media is anymore. I mean, when somebody has a great performance, you want to promote it. It's good for your program. You think it is. <laughs> yeah. But if they're a young player, how much do we promote? Yeah, I'm player? surprised that A-State footballer, I could have done it from the Red Wolves account, you know, tweet at – College football news. Shut your mouth <laughs> with your freshman All-American team. That's stupid. Well. Overrated. That's why we'd have tweeted out about our guy. I don't know about Gus. Every other freshman kicker must have sucked. <laughs> I don't know if that approach is going to work either. <laughs> Tape don't lie. Well, that's where we're at. Now, I guess if there is a silver lining with this say-do thing, we do have some good other young players at this position they really like miller mccrumbie hopefully he's able to come in and have a big year this next season and then emmanuel stevenson has already shown what he can do i mean he's he's looked good his first two years at a state so talent at that position i know there was a junior college tied in that has been on social media talking about his commitment to arkansas state as well so you hate to lose say but that is a position that tight end position where you may have a little bit of flexibility right now yeah, I was just talking before we sat down to record. What still remains to be seen, and kind of going back to what we're talking about with what Coach Jones is trying to do, is in this day and age, can the Arkansas States, and I, I'd put the rest of the Sun Belt in that boat with us. I know different people have different budgets, but still yet, nobody in the Sun Belt can outspend these other guys if they really come throwing the money around. Can you really still, or, or spend this thing at the rate it's going for five more years, can you build a championship program or are you just always going to have to be trying to build a collection of championship teams? This is not enough right by itself to say that won't work. And I'm, I mean, obviously hoping, no. it, hoping it certainly will, because again, bless his heart. He's trying to do it the way you're supposed to do it. Trying to. Yeah. It's just, he's doing that time where it's never been harder to do it that way than it is right now. We'll take another time out. When we come back, we'll, Look ahead to this week in the world of A-State athletics. That's when we wrap things up on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank right after this. Your first home is like this dream. The day you walk in, the sun seems to shine more brightly. The ceilings, they just seem taller. And you'll never fix that creaky floorboard because it sounds like comfort. What a hug would sound like if it made a sound. And that's when you realize your home really, really home. 
Realize your dream with a home loan from Simmons Bank. Dreams realized. SimmonsBank.com. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender subject to credit approval. Starting to near the end of the non-conference portion of the A-State basketball schedules. Men are down to three non-conference games remaining, and they've got a couple of them coming up over the course of, of the next seven days. They will be back home against Southeast Missouri Wednesday at 7, and then Coming up Monday night at 7 o'clock, they'll host Alabama State. And then the only non-conference game after that will be on Thursday afternoon, the 22nd, at 2 o'clock tip time against Little Rock. So three non-conference games remaining, all at home. And this is a stretch where the men really need to gain a little bit of momentum. Yeah, and uh, to that point, I was calling this stuff up to – make sure people know that there are some offers attached to both games this week it's a flash sale but if you're listening to this podcast and the semo game hasn't been played yet then it's still going on lower level seats for that game because it's on the 14th are 14 dollars, which is actually i mean technically if you go online you could say well you could buy an upper level seat for 15 or a lower level for 14 <laughs> well one deal sounds a little bit better than the other. <laughs> so right now, you know, lower level seats that are available, you know, obviously what's not sold up in the season tickets, those are available online for $14 a piece. All right. So again, Wednesday against SEMO, Alabama State, Monday. And then the women play their only home game in the entire month of December coming up Thursday at 7 when they host grambling you can get a four pack of tickets to that game for fifteen dollars oh that's a good deal and then wrap up non-conference play sunday at one non-conference matchup with little rock which is kind of strange to say but the rivalry is continuing that that's the main thing that this thing's going to continue for at least the foreseeable future and this women's team for little rock if I'm not mistaken, they've done everything from loss to UCA to beat Texas A&M. We know Joe Foley is still <laughs> yeah. around, and I hey, do think they were missing remember, some pieces early. But yeah, they beat. I mean, they beat A&M double digits. Matter of fact, Tuesday night when when the A State men uh, last week were at UCA, Texas A&M was in Little Rock getting beat by their women. If there's a rival head coach that we like better than Joe Foley, I I can't really think of them off the top of my head that, yeah well certainly I, I could say it. there's not one i respect anymore he is fantastic at what he's done with that program that said i thought he was going to retire after last year wasn't yeah, that the rumor that well that was not just the rumor it's what he was telling people i i, I kind of feel like maybe he i don't know if he tugged on his heartstrings or what but maybe the message was would we really like to have you get us into this new conference that's the single greatest hire in the history of their athletic department. Well, they've named the court after him now, right? Isn't his uh, yeah, name I on think the court? So, yeah. But I mean, I don't care that you know, I know Chris Beard showed up a year and won a game in the NCAA tournament and all that jazz and whatever else happens in all their other sports, I don't care. That's the best hire in the history of that athletic department was hiring Joe Foley to turn that women's program around. Because they they dropped their program yeah. at one point. And then when they brought it back I mean, it was just name your score against them. I mean, I can remember, I mean, I, I predate Coach Foley by just a hair. So we'll start calling games. And 
But yeah, you just it was at the Trojan Field House or whatever it was on campus, and you just go just beat the brakes off of them. We've still never beat them in that building, have we? Have not. The women have not. Nope. All right, we'll see if Sunday's the time to change Hoping that. it is. Sunday at 1 o'clock. Anything else we need to talk about before we get out of here? Well, you know, if the people have stuck with us to this end, mm-hmm. to this length, then they, they deserve some behind-the-scenes access. All right, what are we giving them? But it's about the co-hosts here. Stoltz and I, back in uh, 2009, mm-hmm. got married eight days apart. December 10th and 18th and in each case because I was calling women's games and he was calling men's uh, those weddings were kind of snuggled in there amongst holes in the schedule based on finals or whatever the case is that's correct so it just so happens that like this year same thing you know kind of anniversary landed in a, in a good spot in the schedule uh-huh. where it's able to uh, just take the wife and go off to Gulf Shores for the weekend what's a Good way to spend the anniversary. It was. It was cool. Like, we, we played golf on Friday at a golf course, Kiva Dunes down there. It's a really nice golf course. <laughs> the guy who met us in the parking lot, put our bags on the cart and all that, I mean, he immediately recognized the Red Wolves logo because he, at one point, was a GM at a car dealership up here in Jonesboro. We walk in the pro shop and the, the pro and everyone's like, oh, man, he got, recognized the logo we were both wearing because his daughter who happened to be actually helping him out that day by driving the beverage cart went to pt school at arkansas state small world yeah so it was just i mean red wolves talk all over kiva dunes uh, on friday <laughs> and, and then on top of that then at saturday night had dinner with a pair of former a-state athletes oh yeah you were told also me about at that. the beach celebrating their anniversary as well margie mcgee one of the you know top players in in the history of the volleyball program and and i think a one day i would hope a one day you know an arkansas sports hall of famer yeah how many state championships do you have to win to get that honor well so far it's at least 16 <laughs> and uh and your husband played baseball too here Barry, yeah so it was good to get to visit well, that's with cool them. yeah you mentioned the gaps in the schedule back then i, I remember friday night Got married, and then I I had a home basketball game against Little Rock that Sunday afternoon. So it was a very quick weekend. You got married on a Friday. I got married on the Thursday before that, (laughs) on a Thursday night. We made it work, didn't we? That's right. All these years later. Hope everybody's getting their Christmas shopping done. I guess we need to start doing that at some point. Well, go to astateredwolves.com. (laughs) <laughs> way, to, way to work in that plug there buddy we got uh, all kinds of uh things going on holiday three pack where you can get a package deal right now too to get to, to alabama state little rock and ulm new year's eve the conference home opener so all kinds of stuff going on man we'll have all kinds of stuff to talk about next week when we join you again for another edition of the second to none podcast presented by simmons bank